0: Good day, and welcome to What's Happening MoCo,
1: a podcast from your award-winning government television station, County Cable
0: Montgomery. Now,
1: here's your host,
0: Derek Kenny. Good day, and welcome to What's Happening MoCo. We are at the MAKO Conference, Ocean City, Maryland. It is hot outside, but cool inside. And speaking of cool, we're talking to Dr. James Bridgers, He's a director of the Department of Health and Human Services here in Montgomery County, Maryland. And we're going to ask him a bit about not only what's happening here at MACO, but what's happening with him as the new director of HHS. And and James, to talk about that, how did you come into the role as director for Health and Human Services?
1: Sure. Thank you, Derek. Great question. So let me just give you a little crosswalk over the past four and a half years that I've been with the county and the Department of Health and Human Services. So I joined the county about four and a half years ago as the deputy health officer working closely with Dr. Travis Gales, who left midway through the uh, COVID pandemic. And so I stepped into their role and assumed the uh, responsibility of the acting health officer and chief of public health services. Got a sense to really uh, learn the department and, it's diversity and great uh, reach in the community. We have about 2,400 employees, and the, 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 the strength of the department is that we never closed during COVID. Oh, wow. We provided those health services, testing, mm-hmm. vaccination, some of those services that we supported with our services to end and prevent. Homelessness, a lot of folks uh, were in shelters, wow. doing the quarantine yeah. practices, working with our children, youth, and families, looking at those um, students that were maybe uh, underrepresented, underserved, who needed not only food security access, but also testing and vaccination when they became available, mm-hmm. working with our behavior, health, and crisis services. And I know we'll get to that, but that's that's kind of at the forefront of. Most of the work that we're doing now as we have progressively transitioned from an an endemic state to a pandemic state. And so there are a lot of challenges in that area. But I'll get back to that, I'm sure, as we continue our discussion. And then also with our aging and disability, those services from not only our, Mm -hmm. our, our, our seasoned countyans, but also those individuals who have individual uh, uh, developmental uh, disabilities and trying to provide care for them under the Health and Human Services umbrella. So I did that for about uh, 18 months. We have a great health officer, Dr. Keisha Davis there now, who's a a practice partner with me. Oh, wow, okay. And so we're working collaboratively together with our other service chiefs to strengthen um, our access, community access to care and, and Healthcare for the uninsured, and all of those spaces that we really had to address during COVID. So it was, it was, it was unfortunately on-the-job training, yeah. real time. Trial, trial by fire, trial by fire. Well, let,
0: let, let me, on on behalf of the residents, if sure. I can say this, sure. on behalf of the residents of the county, just thank you for your service. Thank you. Uh, COVID was, we were at war, literally at at war. 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 And so you get all the military honors. Yes. Um, Hopefully not a Purple Heart. Hopefully you came out of that unscathed, um, but a Medal of Honor, so to speak, um, for your service. And um, thank you for continuing your service. Um, It's a very thoughtful and important and huge department. You mentioned so many things that you're providing support for for the community and, and guidance. Sure. How 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 big is your department um, when it comes to areas? And you can just name a few of the areas because you've talked about some of the things you're doing and that gave us a sense of it. But what, is, what are a few of the areas of the department that people may... Not realize as part of HHS. Sure,
1: sure. Thank, thank you for that question, Derek. Just back up. Thank you for the acknowledgement. I am a service disabled, thirty year uh, veteran. Oh, so, well, thank
0: you for your service so, again. So, Double, so, thank so, you. Yes,
1: yeah, so, so, so that was a nice, that was a nice intro. But thinking about the services, so we have our services to end to prevent homelessness, our children, youth, and families, our aging and disability service area, oh, okay. our behavioral health and crisis services, and then we have. Um, what I call some of our ancillary or support services. So we have a governance risk and compliance to make sure that we are adhering to the federal and state guidelines around uh, portability practices and protect uh, patient uh, Protection, we have our program and analytics where we look at the data and data were very crucial in the work yeah. that we did both nationally and internationally federally uh, state and local data so we have a specific center where we build are able to build dashboard and make data into meaningful use. We have our uh, legislative uh, intergovernmental relations area where we have, a link and a connection to all of the politics because some of the data that we use, we like to present it to our state legislators and our executive staff to really see how we can make a better impact in the community. So those are just some of the service areas that we really focus on. So it's very diverse, not only with the areas, but the the staff, the leadership, and the Mm -hmm. staff who actually provide uh, governance and support those community um, uh, areas. And then we have our public health service area that really was at the forefront during COVID, but now it's our Behavioral Health and Crisis Services working collaboratively with all of those areas to have uh, and identify better outcomes in the community.
0: So uh, I've heard of community quite a bit, yes. but I also heard that there are guidelines from the state that yes. you have to adhere to, yes. and I guess that takes us all the way back around to where we are today. yes. At the MAKO Conference, Maryland Association of Counties, um, what are you learning here um, in terms of best practices or new information or even a refreshing of information uh, that might uh, impact the way that you uh, run the department moving forward? So, great question. Again, Dirk, I've been coming to MAKO since um,
1: 2009. Wow. And so just kind of the lessons learned and some of the networking and some of the uh, collaborations that I think one of the strengths of MAKO is that it's a, it's an opportunity to convene the uh, legislative, executive, and programmatic folks who really are looking to share best practices mm. Lessons learned, and really look at interjurisdictional uh, challenges that we all face. Some with COVID, some now with behavioral health, some with the opioid
0: yeah.
1: uh, uh, challenges that we have now with our adolescent youth, uh, youth I should say. And then understanding, um, you know, with the new legalization of cannabis, kind of looking at that. But it's not only about that uh, cohort of adolescents, but also the family and how that impacts the family and those. Multifamiliar uh, places that we need to connect and provide education to, and this is an opportunity for us to dialogue, to 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 network in a less than formal place mm-hmm. to kind of have our peers and colleague uh, colleagues to present some of their uh, best practices, some of their intuitive challenges, and just have a network uh, opportunity, to network. Right. in that space across the state, not just a few counties or from a regional perspective, but it is a state collaborative effort.
0: Great. That's awesome. It's great to have that resource yeah. and that not only, like you said, um, be able to have the opportunity to learn, but learn in a more casual environment yes. Yes. where you're not as stressed, um, you're not as um, pent up, so to speak. Um, when you're coming to work, the commute's not bad, you it's know, fine. it's shorter, yeah. no. and um, the surroundings are more pleasant, Right. Um, but you're still working. You're still learning. You're still um, working to improve your service to the residents of the county. And it's, it's, I think it's kind of admirable that uh, you know, you're know you doing that. What, what are some of the things that you're sharing from the county that the county has done well from HHS perspective? Maybe a feather in a cap as you talk to your peers and as you participate in workshops. What are some of the things that we're doing well in the county that you're able to share with people from other jurisdictions? Great question
1: again, Derek. So We've learned a lot from the past three plus years in responding to COVID. So, we had a lot of programs. When we had the American you're Recovery you're
0: there, Program, the ARPA
1: funds available, we were able to put those dollars in the hands of our minority health initiative partners who were very creative in uh, providing health and human services to the community. For example, with our uh, Latino Health Initiative we were able to provide uh, health promoters, health promoters, community health workers in the community to extend, uh, to go deeper in areas where we had little to no access. culturally, we use it as a best practice. With our African-American health program, we were able to uh, work collaboratively with a community partner to fund our Black Physicians Health Network because Mm -hmm. we know that Black and brown and minority communities were severely uh, impacted by COVID, access to care, uh, drug treatment, therapies, and modalities. And so we were able to use that to provide a, a cadre and a network of physicians who looked and who were trusted in the African American, black community, or even across the African diaspora. Then we have our Asian American Health Initiative who was able to through their use of dollars and support mechanisms Mm. to provide uh, grants to those uh, culturally appropriate um, community partners to help increase uh, access to care and resources in the Asian American community. So those were the greatest lessons learned on how to empower our community partners and not just see them as, um, as an entity who could do some of the work, but actually as an entity who could partner with us to do more work.
0: Wow, that's great. That's great. It's great that we're the collaboration that you mentioned over and over again means <clears throat> quite a lot. because I mean, you don't do anything in a silo, you know. Um, now I have uh, we have we've talked about the serious stuff. Sure. Um, let's talk about something a little bit lighter. Sure. It's summertime. Uh, people are going to the ag fair. There's cookouts, there are picnics, their vacation travel, probably the, the most unhealthiest eating period that you know Americans have, maybe Montgomery County residents may have. How do we navigate that and how do we are there any tips you can provide to offset some of the unhealthier eating uh, moments that we may have during the summer? Sure. Uh, great,
1: great question and, and such a timely question. So One of the things that we like to do at the Department of Health and Human Services with our clinicians and our mental health therapists, and even our nutritionists is first, if you have challenges with maintaining your weight or you have underlying health conditions, contact your primary care physician Mm -hmm. to get get the uh, best practice for your eating habits. Walking leisurely, exercising leisurely is part of that that, uh, uh, practice. Also, do things in moderation. Okay. Do things in moderation. Eat in moderation. Drink in moderation. If it's hot outside, water is the best practice. Okay. Drink plenty of water. Plenty of water. Plenty of water. Uh, One thing that we've gotten away from that we haven't done is we don't wash our hands as often. Yeah. So we're in spaces wow. where we're touching things. And, yeah. You know, we used to have hand sanitizers in each pocket in our mm-hmm. backpacks. The most important thing you could do to mitigate the transmission of disease that are on... Uh, hard surfaces or soft surfaces is to wash your hands for for 20 seconds. So if you wash, uh, keep your hot foods hot, your Mm -hmm. cold foods cold so that bacteria won't have an opportunity to grow in those spaces. These are just some things that we can do ourselves to be healthier. And then put on sunscreen. You know, you you, you know, folks, uh, even folks of color uh, get sunburned. Yeah. So
0: you know that's a that's an awful feeling, Derek. And so we want to make sure if you like me, you you don't have any hair. You know, I I, I was going to say sadly, I know all about the uh, sunburn on the head. So wear (laughs) baseball. Right. I I I take
1: a baseball cap. Mm Uh, a cover, as we used to say in the military. Yep. So those are the things that we could do. And if you have respiratory illnesses, mm-hmm. or if you suffer from a history of uh, uh, heat uh, exhaustion or fatigue, yeah. mm-hmm. think about those times when you want to limit yourself um, outdoors. You know, maybe okay. early morning walks or activities, or in the afternoon would be better for you. But again, yeah. the best person to help you manage your summertime. Uh, uh, Lifestyle, if you will, is your family, your friends, and, of course, your primary care physician.
0: Wonderful. Great tips. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service during COVID. Thank you for your continued service to the presidents of Montgomery County, Maryland. And thank you for being on the What's Happening MoCo podcast. Uh, Department of Health and Human Services, that's What's Happening MoCo. Yes, yes. Thank you, dear Thank Thank you. All right. All right. Thanks for listening and please subscribe.